Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm John Breeden, the host for this episode of the Gin Lounge here at GameIndustry.com. Today we're going to be talking with a special guest about returning to the PC. These are people that used to be PC gamers, moved over to the console side, and then decided, well, it may be time to come on back. So, of course, we're, those of you who follow Jin fairly regularly will know that our secret super guest is Todd Hargosh. Uh, Todd has written about the state of PC gaming, um, not so much from a hateful standpoint, but more from a kind of a just, just hard to keep up with it, had to give it up for, uh, for money reasons and things like that. So it's not like we're talking to a hater, we're talking to somebody who kind of always wanted to be a PC gamer, but just, you know, couldn't, couldn't keep up. So Todd, thanks for coming in and, and chatting with us today. Yeah, no problem. Um, now, I know there have been people that have worked here at Gin in the past. Uh, we had our, our old crazy columnist, Ken Urban, and he hated, uh, you know, PC gaming. I mean, he, he was, you know, I remember he wrote this column and then, uh, and then one week he had to, um, I don't know, he was away or something. I ended up having to write his column for him, and I wrote about how great PC gaming was. <laughs> he was so angry when he got back. But um, but, you're, but, that's, that, but that's not you, right? I mean, you, you play PC yeah. gaming all the time, right? Yeah, I feared he'd be more obsessed with playing Final Fantasy than even notice about his freaking column. <laughs> that's true, too. He, he loved that Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Why, I'll never know. But, but what was it like with you? I mean, you... you you were a PC gamer before you were a console gamer, right? That was about the same. Mm-hmm. I really didn't get into PC gaming. Well, it was sort of time between 92 and 94, and that's when I started noticing that they were going from 486 to Pentium-based systems. Like, I really wanted to play Wing Commander 3 when it came out, right. but my system wouldn't have been able to handle the horsepower. I ended up having to play it on the 3DO, which was actually a good, good experience in the game. Didn't get the full feeling for it, mm-hmm. but at least I was able to see all the cutscenes that I wanted to, wanted to watch. Unfortunately, four never came out for that. It only came out for the PlayStation, which I didn't have. Oh, I didn't realize that Wing Commander Three came out for the 3DO. Yeah, it did. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I ha- it actually it was actually pretty good, especially when you had the CH flight stick, because mm-hmm. I, I felt like you were actually playing on a PC. Yeah, well, the one thing it was probably better actually because. Um, if you remember in the in the days of PC gaming, I, I've been a PC gamer for a long. I guess you could sort of consider me a console gamer first. If you go all the way back in my history, deep, deep, deep into my history, because the first like video game system I had was the Intellivision, and um, so and that was long before. Our, I had a computer, um, but I had an Intellivision, and I had like 45 games for it, plus all the the speech recognition games, which were four. There were four of them. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a jip because yeah, you right. paid like a hundred dollars for the voice unit, and then there were four games for it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I won't forget the Intellivision voice. But you know, it was it was kind of neat. But that was, I guess, so I guess technically I was a console gamer first. But but I was hardcore into the PC for a long time before I ever moved into the 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 PlayStation and stuff. But for you, it was you, you was kind of the same time. I I brought that up because I actually still have a 3DO system, and I I'll have to look for that um, Wing Commander title. That's pretty cool. And then I, afterwards, on when I graduated from college, I finally was able to get money to buy a new PC and get back into gaming. Mm-hmm. It, it got even better whenever the 3D craze came out, and we started getting affordable graphics cards because I was able to get a Diamond Monsters 3D, 
which featured the uh, 3DFX Glide API, which really helped my gameplay a lot. Yeah, there was a period there. Like, these days, the graphics cards are kind of insane. It's like, you know, you go out and buy the new ATI Radeon, you know, 9900 or whatever, and, and it's like, wow, this is really awesome. And then, like, a month later, some game will come out and be like, oh, you can't play it because you don't have Shader Model mm-hmm. 4, you know? Go, go spend another $400 on another card. <laughs> and that's what drew me away from PC gaming to begin with. Mm-hmm. In fact, a few years ago, uh, I, you might remember, I got in a flame roar with PC Gamer Magazine. I do remember that. I don't... Namely, uh, namely a editor named Rob Small. I, I remember the feud. I don't remember what it was over. You've had so many feuds, Todd. <laughs> he wrote a column where he was attacking the Dreamcast in the sports game market. Okay. And I explained to him about... I mean, I mean, there were some elements that he was right on, because one thing I loved about sports gaming on, on the uh, PC was able to change all the rosters and change all the venues to make them more realistic. But the thing was, I I mean, for one thing I said about the Dreamcast, like when you play NFL 2K1, mm-hmm. is when you, you could actually do your plays on the controller itself. It was an easy way to prevent cheating as opposed to everyone looking at the same computer screen. Mm. This is before playing online. Okay. Let me. And then also made also made the criticism saying that I'm not like Mr. Smolka and able to afford a, a top-of-the-line $2,000 Pentium 3. Yeah, that make, that makes sense, uh, yeah. It was easier to spend two hundred dollars on a Dreamcast. Yeah, that re- that actually reminds me. There was a, a recent columnist who reviewed that um, that ridiculous service that's supposed to kill all gaming. The 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 online. oh on live yeah. And this guy reviewed it for some magazine, and he wrote about how awesome it was and how he could start playing games immediately and stuff. And at the very bottom of the column, he wrote what kind of a c- internet connection he had, and it was like. It was like so freaking ridiculous. It was like uh, it was practically like a T3 just reserved for him. I mean, it was like it, you know his magazine bought it for him or whatever. And then there were like 180 comments like, "Well, no, no crap, numb nuts." I mean, if you've got something mm-hmm. like that, it's it's like being plugged directly into their server. But how how is it for like a normal internet user? Yeah, I can guarantee you my Comcast signal will will not be able to handle on live. No, I I wouldn't say mine at my house would either. I mean, it has trouble, you know, with down, downloading movies and things like that. So I, I can yeah. imagine. And that's that's why, for one reason, why I always put whenever I review a PC game all the specs. Yeah, that's good so, that you do that. That's true. So it won't be like uh, those who have a top of the line system that nobody can afford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the- and the. It, I mean, I know I've criticized it before, but it was all the constant upgrading that just got out of hand. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to the old five hundred dollar graphics card to play Crisis excuse, mm-hmm. and it's not just the graphics card now. You're, I mean, now I've moved on to laptops. It becomes more difficult to upgrade your graphics card. I mean, you can do your memory in your hard drive easily, but you can't upgrade a graphics card on a laptop. Not without get, taking it to a technician who can remove the chip and put the new one in and all that junk. Um, yeah, I've, I've been lucky. I bought a, I bought a Dell XPS, um, and it has been a really stable system for me. It, and it's not a dual core or anything. It's a Pentium 4, um, and it can play most games, but it's, you know, it's sort of end of lifing for me. It's, um, it's, it's still, do, it can still play most games, but the first game that I ran into that it couldn't actually play was Metro 2033. Um, it, it just, you know, the graphics were just out of bounds for it. It wouldn't even, it wouldn't even run, basically. Um, and I've upgraded that 
that computer a couple times with new graphics cards. Like when I run into like a splinter cell or something that I can't play, I'll, I'll upgrade it to a graphic. But at some point, you know, that only goes so far. At some point, you've got to go and jump in and get the whole new stuff. So I, I could definitely see your frustration. Yeah, them. I guess that was also the way reason why I defected over to a Mac is I thought PC gaming is pretty much uh, useless, constantly upgrading. I want to have something that's going to last more than two years. Right, right. Well, um, the, the the point of the lounge today, though, is that here you are finding yourself back into the uh, the PC gaming world, and what drew you back was uh, was a little game called StarCraft II, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at first, when when I when you told me I was I had StarCraft II available, my biggest concern was, would it run? Of course. And also, when I heard about like that one installation, I I had those bad thoughts of DRM, bad thoughts of Securom taking over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to install the game, it won't work, and then we have ourselves a coast. Mm-hmm. But then when you told me it was going to be one BlizzardNet account or a BattleNet account. Uh, then there was some hope for me because I realized if it didn't work there, I can use my account on another name. Right, yeah. I mean, it, the way that they did the copy protection on the StarCraft game I thought was was pretty clever because um, we've seen some ham-handed copy uh, attempts like uh, like the original Bioshock or Spore, you know, where you only have a certain number of installations, and that that's just BS, really. Yeah. Both are compliments of Securom. Yeah, yeah, but this one wasn't like that. I just want to make it clear to the listeners that uh, the uh, you you set up a a Battle.net account basically, and then you can play on that Battle.net account. And technically, you can play f- from as many different computers as you own, only only one at a time. But if you want to if you want to install it on your work computer or something, or you can play it there, and and you can play it at home. Mm-hmm. So that so that's pretty cool. So we got rid of that thing. So the next one was Will It Run? And what was your experiences with that? It ran pretty well on my system. Uh, as I wrote in my review, I just have a 2.26 gigahertz MacBook standard, not the Pro model. My biggest thing is when it loads up a new mission. There's times when the when it kept loading in stuff because of the, lo- the low memory I had. Oh, it could. They recommend they recommend two gigabytes for a MacBook. Mm-hmm. It couldn't load the that's whole level at the same time. Right. Uh-huh. But once. The, after the initial load was taken in, it started running pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing is I have all the graphics set to low. Well, I read your review, and you were saying that even with the graphics set to low, it looks pretty fantastic. Yes, it does. I mean, the face. I mean, some of the characters. I mean, the faces look a little bit on the flat side compared to if I'd be playing them on higher. God help me, ultra. Mm-hmm. But it's still. I mean, still looked good. Ran very smooth, except for one part. But it was more of a cutscene rather than in game, so it didn't bog down my gameplay as much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was impressed. I thought this is a they did a good job getting this to work for everyone. No, that's great. Well, when I saw because I started to see the TV commercials for StarCraft II, uh, I was I think I was watching. I I usually watch the Sci-Fi Channel's lineup on Friday nights. Um, although it's gotten particularly weaker since uh, they got stopped uh, Battlestar Galactica. But what are you gonna, yeah? But what are you gonna do? So, but I I've sort of got in the habit of watching the um the the Friday night sci-fi and I, and that's where I saw the first TV commercials for StarCraft and it was you know the typical you see a bunch of cool cutscenes you know see a bunch of explosions you know get really excited and then at the end of it it says um you know what the ESRB rating is or whatever but then it says for PC and Mac and I'm like that sounded so strange to me because you're used to seeing, you know, available for all these everything consoles and the PC. And to have a game that just came out for PC and Mac, I, I actually sat back for a second. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if 
that's going to be successful, you know, because so many people have left PC gaming. Yeah, I thought the same thing myself. Uh, I didn't, I know we had a discussion about this before. You made fun of saying how I'm going to be able to play StarCraft II with only one button on my mouse. <laughs> yeah. Which is, of course, a classic stereotype for all Mac users. Um, they obviously do not realize we now have what's we now have multi-touch. Basically, our my MacBook, for instance, with a trackpad, mm-hmm. is also a mouse button. Oh, cool. The whole thing is a mouse button. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, I can use two fingers on it to open up the uh, right-click menu. Oh, neat. Okay. You can actually use three to sway between applications or f- slide off four fingers down to get all my programs on display. Hmm. That's something you don't get from the old Mac. Right. Well, I'm glad to see they added that because I, I always thought that was for, – for me, I mean, it seems fairly minor, but that was actually one of the things that was really uh, always holding me back from even even exploring the possibility of, of looking at a Mac. So, and In fact, if you ever um, – I mean, once you go here, you, once you go to a Mac and go back to a PC, you you will miss having that that four-finger expose feature. Oh, that's pretty there's cool. Times I've, there's times when I've gone to my H, HP at home or my uh, – Dell at work, and I keep think, thinking I wish I had expose on here. <laughs> Pretty neat. Well, one of the things that uh, was interesting that you were telling me about, um, and it was really what we were seeing the show was, is that when when you were playing StarCraft, you you were finding other people who were sort of in the same boat as you who. Uh, we're coming back to PC gaming or, or Mac gaming. When I say PC gaming, you know, I mean, you know, basically non-console gaming. Um, but right. it seems to be kind of a trend, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's not for me. It's not just uh, PC slash Mac gaming that I'm going back to. I've also been going back to other systems I've been wanting to uh, play again. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I picked myself up another Wii just to get ready for Metroid Other M, mm-hmm. as well as Super Mario Galaxy. And I'm even going back into retro gaming because um, within, hopefully within the next week or so, I'll probably end up having a, a new Dreamcast to make up for the one I sold after my uh, my reaction back in 2001. Oh, Something right. I've been uh, regretting for a long time. Yeah, you were saying you got lucky and you found a guy who had one for like, what, 20 bucks or something like that? <laughs> yeah, 20 bucks for the system, which is, uh, from what I can tell, a great deal for that. Well, yeah. Well, give me. Especially when you're paying like 80 or 90 for new on eBay or Amazon. Right, right. Yeah, good, good old Dreamcast. So that's funny. So Star, StarCraft 2 is kind of giving you a renaissance of other type of systems. Well, I know I read your review, obviously, and I liked it very much. I thought it was very thorough, in-depth. Um, I think you showed really well not only how the game worked and so forth, but also the, the system requirements and things so people would know what they needed. But one of the things I noticed uh, at the top of your review, there's a headline and subheadline, and the headline was some, something about how it brought you back to PC gaming. I may be thinking about your column on StarCraft 2, but you had said it was for a one engagement only. And, and so... It sounds sounds like maybe you're are you going to be trying to trying to stay with PC gaming for a little while. I mean, there are some some PC games that are coming out. Civilization Five, um, Diablo Three, maybe one day. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, Diablo Three scares me because I keep thinking I got to push it back and further and further and put it out of my system requirements reach. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that. Um, Civ 5 will come out in time for that. Right, right. Uh, Civ 5 should be out real soon. I, I think they said September, like, 15th or something like that. Huh? It's coming out soon. I saw a press release on it fa- fairly recently. Um, that Civ 5 should be out real soon, and you know that's going to be a big hit. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to check the system requirements on that because I'd love to play that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it, at its core, Civ is, you know, a game where you're looking at a map and moving units around. So, I mean, I, I don't think the system requirements are going to be that heavy. The, back when they started putting those heavy cutscenes in, like, I think that was Civ 3 when they started adding, like, the cutscenes when you build a wonder and things like that. They smartly put in the ability to turn those off, because that way the people that weren't able to play because of the cutscenes could still play the game, just turn the cutscenes off, so. Right. We'll see what happens when it comes out. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know about Diablo 3. I've seen uh, some videos of it, and it looks really it looks really neat. A lot of people were complaining because they were saying it looks too World of Warcraft-ish, you know, kind, mm-hmm. kind of like the first game was a little dark, I guess, and, and the new... Yeah, Haz was too. Yeah, and this one's more, like, um, cartoony or whatever, but I, I like the way the graphics looked and, and everything, so I, I don't know. I, I have plenty of dark and foreboding games if I want to play. <laughs> Right. Diablo doesn't have to be that way for me. So, so, uh, so basically, you think you think you're going to stick around with PC gaming for a little while until it gets out of reach. I hope so. All right, man. Well, I'm I'm ho- I'm hopeful for you. So I'm, I'm keep I keep my fingers crossed. I mean, still the Xbox will be top priority for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I f- I found myself, you know, I'm I'm sort of in a transition because I used to play all my games on the on the PC, and now that I have the PlayStation Three at home, I I find myself when I really want to play games, I I hop on the PS3. I don't really head to the computer too much anymore. There's still games that I'll play on the computer, but a lot of times I'll go to the PS3. And uh, I actually wanted to comment on. Uh, uh, Blockbuster this this week, uh, as we're recording this, they sent me out a note that said that I can now put uh, PlayStation 3 games onto my Blockbuster list. So, um, yeah, I'm surprised they actually did that. I mean, I boycotted them when they went over Dreamcast titles. They um they did it in a really good way, but their launch was pretty much an epic fail, if you ask me. Um, the the way that they did it was it's it's the same price that I pay now, so it's like twenty dollars a month, and I can have three games out or three movies or whatever. It basically just goes onto my movie list. It acts, acts like the games act like one of my movies. So, well, here's where I think they failed. They sent out this note to like all their subscribers that you can now put games on your list. Okay, for the next two days, their site was so bogged down you couldn't add anything to your list because <laughs> it was because so, everybody was trying to add games to it. So finally, like two days later, I get in and I look and it says that all these PlayStation games are available. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool because I hear Todd. And Kelly talk about Netflix and how and how you've always got this long wait list for all the popular stuff. You mean GameFly? GameFly, right, right. Well, I think they're the same company though, aren't they? Uh, no, they're not. Uh, I don't know where Netflix is based out. GameFly, I think, is based out of Texas. Oh, okay. Well, I know you guys are always complaining that the the top games have this really long wait list. Well, Blockbuster. Yeah, but we also have our we also have our own strategy of how to overcome that. Well, I was impressed at first with Blockbuster because everything said available. Red Dead Redemption was available, all this stuff. So I picked. I figured the top titles would have a wait list eventually, so I picked a game that was kind of far down. I picked The Saboteur because I really wanted to play that one, and we missed it for a, a review. I thought it was kind of an interesting take with the black and white world that you're slowly turning into color, and I, I wanted to see it. And I figured it had been out for like six months at this point. So I, I put it on my list, said it was available, finally got the site to respond to me. Um, it said it was available, and then I, I did, and it was supposed to come in this weekend, and it never did. So I logged back onto the Blockbuster site, and all of a sudden, all their games have very long waits. <laughs> so it doesn't say low availability. No, it just says you just have wait, uh, short wait, long wait, very long wait, and most of all the games are very long wait. So that's that's typical for a game play. It's either listed 
there, you never see any current game that says high. It's either a very low chances on medium mm-hmm. or it's on low or very low. Right. So anyway, I was a little disappointed. I think Blockbuster grossly underestimated how popular adding games to your movie list would be. <laughs> so um, hopefully they'll live and learn, and one day I'll get to play the saboteur. <laughs> so, All right, well, Todd, thanks for joining us in, in the lounge today. Uh, uh, all you listeners who, um, if you've played PC games your whole life and you're a diehard PC fan, or if you've gotten away from it because, I don't know, some irrational hatred or because you had to, um, and now you're back, let it, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I'll, I'll take all your comments to come into the lounge. I'll forward them to Todd. Um, we'll either mention them on the lounge, or maybe Todd will write about them in his uh, in one of his columns. So we'd appreciate uh, all your comments. So Todd, thanks again. And uh, is there anything you wanted to add to the PC gamers out there? Uh, nothing to mind right now. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, maybe they'll see you online, and uh, they, you can uh, challenge them to a game of uh, StarCraft II. <laughs> All right, right, take care, everyone. I'll see you next week.